This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 28 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and as ever I'm joined by my man Gary. How are we doing sir? Yeah I'm doing, I always say I'm doing well but yeah not too bad I suppose. Not too bad. Very busy boy at the, as well at the minute, aren't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. Got a few bits and bobs going on, quite a few bits to write. Um, I'm also, in addition to the banal stuff that we spoke about off air, I'm actually doing the questions, some of the questions for the Cowley versus Cowley event in uh, April. Cowley versus Cowley 2. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Actually, last year's was, uh, it was a really good show. I had a really good time. And uh, I think, yeah, th- this year's promises to be uh, even better. I think there's a, th- a few things they might be able to, to tweak and maybe compress down a little bit. But uh, on the whole, I'm, yeah, it should be a really good night. That's April the 15th, I think. Don't know. I'm, when I, I weren't intentionally plugging it, and uh, I, I, I've, I've actually no idea. I just know that when I looked at it, <laughs> if the questions were to be with them by March. I know we're in February now, so I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, I think fifteenth uh, of April is is the time for that one. So um, what, what we'll say, I'm, well, I'm going to be heading on. What we'll say is that I'm doing the questions for those, but nobody's taken us up on the quiz this week, so um, I don't know whether no. it may be too hard or what. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's say that we'll uh, we'll we'll probably try and ease it in a little bit, like they do on uh, on Millionaire, where you get like a really softball question first, and then like ease the just gently gently turn the pressure up so uh, what color yeah, delinquents think... did he play in with which club did sam habergan begin his uh career at what does billy not weigh that sort of thing yeah basically <laughs> a bit like that i mean yeah you know that that would be pretty good um so um i mean it's it's good that we're getting off to a jovial start because uh we're gonna have to talk about saturday aren't we and and stevenage um well, you might <laughs> Well, I just, I came away from that game feeling worse than some defeats. Um, I came away feeling worse than the Mansfield game earlier on in the season. It was just so deflating. And it, I think, you know, Danny picked up on it in his in his post-match interview um, as well, where he said that the, the sliding support, as he called it, um, for the first goal didn't really arrive. And there was a couple of errors that 
rightly so, he didn't call out people um, after the game because it wouldn't have been fair to. But it, it was just a. I mean, we'll, we'll start with the positives. Bruno uh, Bruno Andrade really, really coming on and uh, keeping his run of form up at the moment. That's four goals in three games, which I'm sure there'll be plenty of people pointing out that you know our striker's not doing that, but. To be honest, who cares? As long as someone's doing it, um, the goals come across, you know, from from across the whole pitch. Um, there was a really interesting stat. I think, I think you might have actually mentioned it on the podcast actually, where they're talking about um, the 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 potential goal threat from different people. And you look at somebody like James Norwood at Tranmere. If you cut him out of the game, it cuts out something like seventy five percent of Tranmere's goals. But if you cut out John Akindi from the game because there's so many goals coming from elsewhere, the threat is still there for, for us. And I think um, Bruno showed that again. Scored with his head, which was one of the most bizarre things that uh, I think I'll, I'll ever say, because he's not at all that, is he? And um, Funny. Last time, one thing last time Paul Farman kept goal against Lincoln was for Gateshead in the conference years. And Ali Fusini, who was five foot, FA um, scored with a header that day as well. So actually, Farman has a, uh, a habit of conceding goals to players that don't score with their head when playing against Lincoln. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, the, the one thing I wanted to mention about that goal first off, uh, I did see, and I tweeted this as well, saw a lot of tweets and, and comments on social media after the fact, uh, many from Stevenage fans, that the linesman had his flag up for offside for quite a long time before he eventually put it down when the cross came in. Um, lots of people saying that Andrade was offside when the ball came in and, and this, that, the other. He, it wasn't. It, he actually put his flag up for uh, John Akindi because when Danny Rowe had the ball, he kind of flicked it over the defence. John was running back and Danny Rowe ran onto the ball and picked it up himself um, and put the cross in. Now, that was that was when the linesman put his flag up and I was stood there going, how on earth can you give that as offside? He's... He's run onto his own through ball, essentially. And, uh, yeah, eventually the ref told him to put it down. Uh, Cross came in and, uh, yeah, Bruno was there to nod it home. And, you know, the Stevenage bench were fuming because they, as far as they were concerned, there was an offside decision that wasn't given. And my point of view on it was, well, how can that be offside? Like, my, my understanding was at the minute that officials are supposed to wait and hold on until somebody touches the ball before they put the flag up. But as soon as that ball came over the top, um, the linesman flag was straight up, said, yep, Akindi's offside. Um, and well, he obviously wasn't because he completely removed himself from that move. Um, I mean, your your thoughts on on really that, that, that sort of that first goal and then the, the I mean the general performance of of the ref and the officials. I know you don't we don't like you don't like talking about referees all that much, but he left a lot to be desired on Saturday, didn't he? I didn't see the flag go up. Um, I was celebrating the goal. It just caught my eye then as uh, as a few people started stopping, stopped celebrating and looked across and was that moment where you, your bum all queaks a little bit because you think that it's going to still be 0-0. And um, I'm not going to comment on the ref or the linesman. They didn't get any fundamental uh, decisions wrong. I, I did think that John Akindi was fouled for a penalty in the first half. But my dad said mm-hmm. that he just lost control of the ball and it overran. When you look back, I think he was clipped. Um, but, you know, we, we're not getting those decisions at the minute. The referee wasn't as bad as Huxtable the Clown. He wasn't as bad as a couple of the others that we've had recently. And, you know, no. again, with the linesmen, some of them aren't a great standard. There's some ambiguity in between um, 
between what what they are meant to flag for, what they're not meant to flag for. Sometimes I'm not sure they know, but you know, mm. at the end of the day, it didn't affect the result at all, did it? Um, Bruno yeah. had a superb game. Uh, do you know what I actually? What, what's really hacked me off about it is that we all we came away and. It was a classic thing on the blog I, I wrote that it felt like a defeat. In the comments, somebody had written about why we lost the game. And they actually used those words. That's why we lost today. And somebody else went on, oh, you, you're proving Gary's point. We didn't lose. And it's that, it's that nature mm. of the way that we've, we've, we've kind of ended up drawing 2-2. When you tune a lot with a minute to go, Lincoln City don't draw 2-2. Look at Swindon. Yeah. Jesus Christ, we would, it was 2-1 for forever with nine men uh, and we drew. Mm. So it, it's out of character. And yeah. you, you said you know, we're not calling people out, um, or Danny wasn't calling people out. We can call people out. Somebody was to blame for not picking chair up on that first move. Um, mm-hmm. Neil Erdley's done well to hold him up. Mm-hmm. Somebody's not picked him up. Who? That's the question. Who? Michael O'Connor? Possibly. Thought actually, since when O'Connor came on, I thought he gave our player a little bit of zip, and I, I thought he'd had a decent game. Mark O'Hara? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Somebody should have picked him up. And they didn't. Personally, I mean, personally, I've I've looked at it, I've watched it back, and I, I think it was O'Hara because you watch what happens, and Erdley's shadowing him, you know, shadowing the the uh, chair, and he's he's going right, okay, I need to hold him up, and he told him up, and he told him up, and O'Hara essentially just ran past him, um, and kind of went behind Erdley, which freed the space up for for chair to have that shot, and it, yeah, I I don't like calling people out for for mistakes when it's not incredibly obvious but to me it looked like O'Hara kind of let that slip and um and yeah I mean nothing you know taking nothing away from that strike because it was there were two fantastic goals from from Ilias Chair he's going to be a hell of a player and uh he's going back to QPR let's face it he's not gonna be at Stevenage for too long um it, Mm. it was do you not think uh, it's easy for a ballsy young lad to drop out of the championship and look good at this level? George Grant did it mm. at Notts County. What did he do when he went into League One? Nothing. Um, Elias Chair caught us on the hop. We knew what to defend and didn't do it. But Northampton this week are going to know full well wherever Chair goes, they're just going to stick a big bruising bastard on him when he gets the ball kicking. And I just there's a reason he's come out on loan. And he's you know he'd started four championship games for QPR this season. If he was that good, he'd still be there now, wouldn't he? Because you know, look mm-hmm. at the likes of Rakeem Harper, who's at West Brom. You know, he's a young lad, similar sort of age. In fact, he's a little bit younger. He's good enough. He plays. And I think Chair is a good player. I think he's got a decent future ahead of him. Arrogant little shit. Could have scored six goals. Mm-hmm. Didn't know, did he? He scored two goals. Could have scored six. Why didn't he? What's he doing? Keeping four in his back pocket for later. Uh, that's the kind of thing mm-hmm. I don't I don't particularly like to hear. Um and do uh, you know what? And I might get shot down for this. I actually thought Grant Smith should have saved the second one. Uh, I, I thought it uh, it was a decent height and a decent area for him to have been able to get a hand on it. And I know he made a great save minutes later, um, but there was also the one that Shackle cleared off the line that beat him. You know, we could have easily lost that game 4-2. I, mm. I, I think it's time for a change of keeper. I think it's time to give Jilk to run out. I think you might be right. Um uh, we've, we've not really mentioned Bruno's second goal, um, which we should do because it was a, a sweeter strike you'll see. And it's starting to become something of a trademark for Bruno to do that now. And uh, as long as it continues, I'm, I'm more than happy for that to, to happen. Um, I, I'm actually really glad that he's he's come back and hit this run of form. I know we mentioned last week it could be that things are starting to get a bit warmer. He's doing this. But personally, I just think, as, as mentioned last week, I think it was just a case of him 
maybe needing to get back to full fitness in in the way that he has now. Um, he's uh, he, he's looking he's looking really sharp again, and I think when Harry comes back after the Stevenage, uh, sorry, after the Exeter game, uh, he's gonna it's gonna be a formidable duo once again and maybe we'll see them switching over because I think we saw that on Saturday actually Bruno started on the right wing um so he could cut in and and then it switched over and and all the rest of it so I'm uh, I'm still excited about the potential that this team's got at the moment um but like you say it, it was it, it seemed like it was two lapses in concentration but then when you you point out that chair hit the bar he hit the post Shackle cleared one off the line. You think, is it, were they just lapses in concentration or did we just sort of switch off? Personally, I, I felt that we switched off a little bit after we had a really good spell in the second half. I think we played some really nice football actually for about 25 minutes. And um, it just seemed to be that they kind of took the foot off the pedal a little bit and said, right, let's let's invite the pressure. And, and unfortunately, it, it didn't really work for us and it, it paid off for Stevenage in, in dividends really. Um yeah, I mean, any any sort of final thoughts on on the game? Well, in the six game in the six game form table, we're eighth. In the eight game form table, we're eighth. We're the only one of two teams unbeaten in both the six and the eight game form table. The other one being Barry, who, who are pushing us all the way. Yeah, we've drawn four on the bounce. Um, not been beaten this year in the league, have we? And I just think people are saying Barry are catching us. Barry are the only team that are beaten, unbeaten, I think, in, in nearly all competitions, I think, in this year. I mean, OK, they didn't go into the FA Cup third round. They got knocked out. We didn't. So our only defeat in 2019 was at Everton, who were ranked, what, like 15th richest club in the world or something silly like that. I don't know. Um, mm. I just I just think it's there was an element of panic, and I was the same when I came away because I thought, we're not going to do this. And Kev Barwise, who, you know, someone I, I, I like and he came to my 40th nice guy and he, he messaged me and said are we going to throw it away again like 82 83 like 06 07 and it's that worry you know we've seen it we've been in a position where we've thrown it away and, and if you actually look back through history the times where we've been top three all season and gone up uh, are probably the same amount of time if you take out the non-league spells as we've been top two or three and fallen away so it's um it's interesting. I just, I just think perspective. I think that we're still one of the best sides in this division. Nobody ever said that we were the best side in the division. Anyone who did say that is wrong. But people who say, I mean, I've just seen now Martin Green, somebody who uh, I love to have a little bit of um, banter, and I hate that word, but I love to have a little bit of banter with Martin Green. And he's uh, he's put something online that uh, suggests that fans like to be entertained. And I've just put a bollocks. I want to win. I don't care if we watch 90 minutes of terrible football and we win 1-0. I cheered when we went up in 98 under John Beck and it was bloody awful. So, hmm. you know, all this, we're not playing like a team that are top. Well, we are top. So we are playing like a team that are top because every single time we walk out on the pitch, we're top and we play and we win or we draw. Just, I just think it's, you know, in a couple of days' time, we're going to preview two matches more coming next Exeter now. By the end of the game on Tuesday, if we won both our games, the minimum that we would have between us and the next place team is a five-point gap. It's like that sinking. With fans have been kind of calling out players, arguing on social media, and I don't want to go into all that because it happens. It's going to happen for the rest of time thanks to social media. So no point in debating it. But that kind of inherent negativity 
we could be Sunderland or Portsmouth, who have Portsmouth who have thrown away a twelve point lead over Barnsley to now be five points behind them. We could be yeah. Leeds, who were Premier League bound and have now dropped out of the top three. We could be Notts County, who thought that a good run of form was was a draw and two wins, and then they get tonked four one at to Newport, and they're all going. We're still okay. We've drawn. We've drawn winnable home games. Wow. We've won drawable away games during the season. So I think it's just time. Let you know, it was a bad result, but kick kick chair once during that little run. We win 2-1 and we're four points clear now. That's football, fine margins. So that's my final yeah. word on it. No, absolutely. That's that's the thing. And it, it, it's that frustration that's... I think there's two ways of looking at it. The frustration knowing that if we'd have won, like you say, if we'd have won one of those games that we'd drawn, we could have been four points clear now. Um, but the fact is we're not, you know, people saying, oh, we've had to rely on other teams' results to to get to keep, you know, to stay top of the table. It's like, well, yeah, but that's happened. No. That's, you can't, you can't sit there and go, well, you know, if Mansfield have won, if Mansfield would have won away at, at County, then they would have been ahead of us. It's like, well, yeah, but they didn't. So we're we're still top of the I'm league. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that we're relying on other people's results because we've played one game fewer than Berry and we've got more points than them. We haven't relied on them to get more points than them at this stage of the season. I don't. I, I can see people are going, oh, we were in free fall and all that. The season isn't judged over a 12-game period. So people are coming to me saying, oh, Barry have been the best team since October. But they weren't the best team before October, were they? We were. And there's no league awarded for kicking off in October and forgetting September's games. Yeah, we had a good start. Brilliant. And that's we give ourselves a cushion to be where we are now. We're top of the league. Yeah. It's that simple. We're top of the yeah. league. We've got more points than anybody else at the moment. And in terms of being beaten, it doesn't happen. It isn't happening. And I dare say, and I, I may end up with egg on my face now, but I dare say by the time we sit down to record the podcast next week at this time, we will still be unbeaten in 2019. Whether we've got four points, six points or two points from the next two games, I don't think that either of these sides will beat us. And while we're not getting beat, while we're moaning about the fact, not moaning, but lamenting the fact that we're drawing games, people say, oh, I win, you know, but it'd be better to win one than draw two. Yeah, but it's better to draw two than lose two. So... I just, you know, at the minute, until we're out of the top three, I just think that we all need to just gather our thoughts a little bit. It's why you've not seen a lot from me on the Stacey West this week. I've not done an awful lot about the situation. I did some stuff on Sunday, I think it was. And then I thought, you know what? I don't want to feed negativity. I felt the negativity because I'm a fan Mm. and it hurt. It was like being kicked in the testicles as I walked out of that (laughs) game twice by some cocky little Belgian fella who, let's face it, he was greedy and he was the best player. If you added all the 10 other Stevenage players up, they probably weren't as good as Chair, which pains me a little bit because we didn't pick him out the week before. Or rather, I didn't. So, you know, Mm. let's hope I do better when we preview Morecambe. Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, let's let's move on. Um, Because I think, yeah, you're just picking at scabs at that point and we all know what happens when when you do that. So, um, yeah, Morecambe. Going away on Saturday, the reverse fixture was 3-1, which included the rocket from Jason Shackle uh, earlier on in the year. And it it seems like something that we keep saying, but it's it's a game that we should take three points from, really. I mean, they're, they're not, they're kind of, well, not wallowing, but they're, they're the team that everybody expects to... Uh, to be in and around the uh, the fight to stay in the league, aren't they? And mm-hmm. 
yeah, how how do you see uh, how do you see us setting up? Do you think we'll make changes? Personally, I think there's probably one or two changes that need to be made, um, just because I think there's been some people saying oh well we've had you know we've had xyz brought in in the close season and we're not playing them because we've we're playing a first 11 that are looking complacent and you think well complacent's probably a hard you know harsh word but it's less less you put you actually did put up quite a good article in the week about um uh, the potential lineups for for the weekend now is there any from there that you think um might be um, you know, might be the the lineup that Danny goes with on Saturday. Possibly, possibly not. Um, hard to second guess Danny in it. You never know. But if it was me, you go Jilks in goal, go Erdley and Toffolo. Um, Danny won't do it. But I would actually drop Bolger, not because he's particularly done anything wrong, but because Boswick's a better centre half and he's he's not as good in midfield. So you go Bozzy and Shackle, Michael O'Connor in the holding role. Probably play Danny Rowe out on one flank. Probably play. Bruno Andrade out on the other flank, probably playing. I mean, I'm tempted to say Marco Hara, but there's a reason that he isn't starting at the moment. Um, quite likely, Frecklington, people are saying he perhaps should be rested. Johnny Kindy plays. Anyone saying that we need to drop Johnny Kindy's? You know, seeing his goal scoring record and not everything else. And I buy it that he hasn't scored as many goals as we would like. I get that. You know, he scored fewer goals in open play than, than Jason Shackle. Which is, I, I'm going to say it's unacceptable really for a centre forward. Um, but he, he's he's still an integral player, yeah, but it's just he needs to score more goals. I mean, did they have two cleared off the line? Was it this week? Was that this game? Was it the week before against Northampton? I get them mixed up now. Um, uh, definitely had one, two headers, I think, on it. And um, yeah, I just you know, I keep saying he needs that spark, and I was saying it about Matt Green, and he got it in November. I've been saying it about John Kindy, and he's kind of not not delivering it. Um, Danny Rowe will definitely play, without a doubt. I'd actually be tempted to go a more of a four four two. McCartan um, played behind, or when he plays behind the Kindy, tends to not have the legs to get forward. He's playing more as an advanced midfielder. Be tempted to play Angle just in the hole mm. behind the Kindy, but tell Angle basically just to run till he can't run anymore, and then take him off after fifty five minutes when he's um, when he's covered midfield and forward area. Yeah. I, I think that would be that'd be something that uh, I'd like to see Liangle play. Um, I'd like to see him start because I think um, there is, to me, there is some credence in the whole uh, argument from people that we bought. You know, we, we bought Liangle in the you know the January window. We've yet to see what he can do because, as much as it pains me to say it, if you bring on well, usually if you bring on a striker with 15 minutes to go they're not really going to do a whole lot um and angle's been getting what five ten minutes tops since he's come you know he's come on um and i just think it might be it might be that point where maybe maybe he gets the run out and um sort of shows what he can do from from minute one like you say runs at them um sort of a slightly different approach to what we would normally expect where really runs uh really sort of does what he does for uh well for the best part of 60 65 minutes and then you bring on somebody with a bit of pace that can uh, go in and essentially you know mop up what he's uh, what he's put on the floor for you um i don't know i i honestly don't know where we're going to go with the uh, with, with the lineup i think you're probably right in the keeper 
I think um, Jilks is probably a, a decent uh, a decent shout to start, um, which I think some people will probably say it's been harsh on Grant Smith, but ultimately um, we, we do seem to be conceding quite a few at the minute. And it's, I think having somebody of, uh, of Jilks's experience, I think is only going to be um, a good thing for, for the, for the squad and the team really. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like I say, we've, we've got uh, a huge, not a point to prove as such, but I think we need to, we, we need to come away from, from Saturday with three points. Um, we, we said a similar thing last week as well, to be honest, but, um, need to win every game. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I honestly think we, we will on Saturday. I, I don't think, uh, I didn't really think there was too much from Morecambe when they came up to the bank that, that made me worry. Um, I think there was possibly, well, they, they didn't look like they had the confidence and they, they didn't look like they were a team that would cause us too much trouble. And ultimately that proved to be the case at home. And um, it just depends on whether we take our away form and, and keep on and, and try and get the three points. I mean, are we going to do a prediction for it? No, but we're going to do my rundown because I've prepared for it and you skip past it. Okay. Didn't you? Went into this whole <laughs> lineup thing going against what I'd got on my script. <laughs> Go on then. I might not do it now. So do, um, do you actually know that if there were a two-game form table, Morecambe would be top? So it's funny what you can make statistics say, isn't it? Because they've won two on the spin now. Port Vale 1-0, Oldham 2-1. Winning goals in both games, scored by an Aaron Collins, who's a former Wolves trainee. Um, spent a lot of time out on loan, Colchester, Tranmere, places like that. But he's only just signed for him in January. Two goals in two games, not bad. Also scored in Tranmere's 9-0 win against Solihull. You remember that game that they still only got three points for and therefore didn't catch us in the National League. So that was quite nice. Um, before that, Morecambe were beaten 3-2 at home by Berry. So this is a Berry side, obviously, um, free-flowing attacking football. And they were it was a quite a narrow victory. I think Berry went 3-0 up in that and then Morecambe pulled two back. So they're a dangerous side. And they were crap at the bank. Um, that was the coldest day on record, I think, as well, wasn't it? Or it certainly felt like it from where I was sat. Bloody freezing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we know their danger men are. Jordan Cranston used to play for us. Left back was playing central midfield for them because they're an injury crisis. Um, if you play central midfield again, he's still a bloody handful. Big lad, powerful, powerful shot. Kevin Ellison, loads of time for him. Horrible bastard. Um, they play four four two. Keeper Barry Roach, who had an absolute world in our first game back at Sinsel Bank in the Football League last season. Been injured all season. He's back now. Didn't start for them at the weekend. Um, didn't start for them last night either as they beat Oldham 2-1. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Morecambe, last time they actually won three games on the spin, uh, it was August 2016. So bear in mind, last time they won three games in a row was at the same sort of time that we were losing 3-1 at home to Sutton United in the National League. So they'll probably beat us now, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, I I can't see it. I can't see them beating us. I can't see them getting that uh, that first triple, but uh, you know, triple win since uh, 2016. But but let's see what happens. Um, the only thing I would say is Sat- the only thing I would say is we have to go and break them down, and we haven't been great yes. at breaking teams down who defend hard. They defended hard last year. I missed the game last year because I was in London at a gig. I remember the fallout on social media afterwards that a point at Morecambe wasn't good enough for the playoffs. 
was good enough for the playoffs because we got there. Um, a point at Morecambe this this week, probably people will say won't be good enough for automatic promotion. Wouldn't surprise me if we get a point and get promoted automatically. Yeah, I personally, I think, um, I, I honestly think we're still, um, I think we're still on target to hit at least, at least second spot. I, I don't think we'll we'll drop into the playoffs, but uh, that's probably a conversation to have on a uh, on another podcast because this one's stacking up a little bit with with matches. Um, after after Morecambe, we're back at the bank on Tuesday night, which is. Uh, Exeter, so obviously the rearranged fixture from earlier on in the season. Um, what do you reckon? Um, be interesting because Exeter are relatively inconsistent. Drawn, lost, one, one, drawn, lost. So haven't won in two, but have kind of picked up eight points from a possible twelve. Is that? No, it's not. Mm. Is it six, seven, eight from a possible um, eighteen? Uh, got some quality mm. like Christy Pym. Um, Haram Boateng is still out injured. Jaden Stockley replacement, which is a kid called Bowman, they signed from Scotland, hasn't scored as yet. They play 4-4-1-1, so their emphasis is like us on not getting beat. Looks like two teams mm. are going to be sat back. I've, I've On my notes here, I've just written Dower game is on the cards um, because that's what I, I, I think. If we have a change of emphasis, if we get players like Danny Rowe, Bruno Andrade on the ball. If we can find some penetration through the centre, be it uh, Lee Angle behind Akindi, be it maybe Mark O'Hara, sorry, Jordan Roberts, who we've seen nothing of at the moment. If we can get something a bit different, just a spark or something, it's a winnable game. But it's a tough game. It's tougher than Northampton's Stevenage should have been on paper. Um, I can't see us drawing both games, but I think if we take four points from two, people wouldn't be happy. But if you average two points a game from now to the end of the season, we go up. So that's where I see mm. the game. Yeah, um, I think that's the uh, that that's the general feeling, isn't it? Um, if we, you know, this this whole two points a game uh, mantra is is probably well, if if we do it, we'll we'll go up and we'll probably win the league. Um, my personal feeling is if the, if we match Mansfield game for game, then we'll win the league. Um, I think. Berry looking very strong, um, but I think Mansfield's. Let's face it, the undeniable quality that they've bought is is on show, um, and I think if they if they click in the way that I think a lot of people are expecting them to. Personally, I think if we if, if we um, if we match them, we'll we'll go up and we'll we'll win. Um, you know, we'll, we'll win the title. But uh, yeah, I just think um, Exeter is going to be. I just think it's going to be one of those, like you say, it, it's a potential dower game. Um, I'm, I'm not expecting a huge amount from it. Uh, it's going to be, well, if it's anything like the playoff games, then it's going to be, uh, it's, it's not going to be the most exciting, but uh, it's not. It's going to be a different game from those ones. Um, I think you're right in what you say, and hopefully, hopefully we can come out better from it. But uh yeah, is there anything else that um, we want to talk about in terms of on the pitch stuff over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, Bury are better than Mansfield. Yeah, sorry, Mansfield. Enough. Mansfield have got the players, but David Thickcroft not a good manager. Bury, if anyone's going to catch us and win the title, it'll be Bury, and I think I said that a few weeks ago as well. Now, mm. um, 
and yeah, I mean, it's obvious if we match their results, we go up because we're ahead of them now and got a game in hand. So um, it's every reason to yeah. be positive, I think. But it's, you know, the Exeter game is going to be a tough, tough game and we need everybody. I'm going to sound like Danny Cowley, but everybody still needs to be on the same hymn sheet. And mm. you know, there was a few rumblings. We started really well on Saturday and then when the first pass went astray, you started hearing it a little bit. Um, but the fans were, the 617 were great, superb, really loud. And, it, you know, it's a long drive down. It's a long trip for Exeter. Last year in the home game in the league was 3-2 when Ollie Palmer, who's about as popular as herpes in Crawley at the minute, scored his goal, didn't he, and ran half the pitch celebrating it and it was disallowed. Um, so, yeah. big, big game. That's all I've got to talk about on the pitch, really. It's, you know, we've skipped over Exeter because I know time constraints, but it's um, it's going to be a huge, huge game. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what we'll do is what we'll do now is very, very briefly, um, we'll talk about the fans forum, which I know is last week. Um, we we touched on it essentially last week and said that it was uh, it was one where we maybe well it was one of those you didn't expect a whole lot to come out of it. Um, you're right, not not a great deal came away from it. The only thing that I took from it is that Michael O'Connor is currently playing with a screw in his knee. Um, which has been left in there by a very thoughtful surgeon. Um, other than that, not a great deal. Um, there was the I, actually saying that there was the other um, there was the other uh, bit about um, the referee's assessor saying that he agreed that it should have been a penalty against uh, well the other week. So yeah, I, it was it was a frustrating evening from from some points of view. There was some really there were some questions that just wound everybody up. I think there was one where, well, there was one talking about, you actually called it, you, you called it on the podcast before, before we went, um, where there was somebody saying, oh, why did you, why don't you leave a man up at corners? And he just kept having, a, he kept going and going and going and ranting and ranting and ranting. And I just got fed up at that point. And it was me on the video feed that just went, we're top of the league, man. Come on. And um, yeah, it got it got quite a good reaction from uh, pretty much everybody else in the room. But yeah, I I kind of got what you were saying as well in your in your piece um, about why we've not seen anything about it. And uh, I know it's it's ruffled a few feathers, but on the whole, it's it's fair enough. Um, it's it's a PR exercise. You said it as much last week. So um, I think there were some questions that were maybe uh how can i put this delicately politically answered um it, it sort of answered a little bit without a quite you know without a direct answer um but you're always going to get that like you said um but i mean I, I don't i don't know if there's anything you want to add to that or no okay <laughs> fair enough we'll um we'll move on i think there was something that you wanted to bring up that's uh that's done the rounds on twitter today yeah, Johnny Margaret's. Um, I just thought it was quite interesting that he, he picked up on something Rob Makepeace had tweeted about Lincoln and um, were we doing a Luton from last year where we'd led for a long while and we're going to kind of just drop down to second. Let's hope we do because Luton are ripping League One apart at the minute. They're tearing it a new arsehole. So you know, if we're doing a Luton, fantastic. Um, but Margaret's had tweeted and I just thought it was really, really worth worth mentioning. Because his first answer was, uh, surely people aren't doubting the Cowleys to get the job done. Not bad, not done bad so far, have they? Uh, and then somebody had messaged about um, form. I think it was our good friend, friend of the pod, Andy Pearson, who's turning into a miserable old soul these days. Um, but <laughs> you really, then, Andy. 
Yeah, we love you, Andy. We do, genuinely. Um, and then he had put Margaret Support. I played under a lot of managers. Uh, and let's face it, he has because he's had, you know, more moves than a chess game. Um, he's got some poor, some really good, but the Cowleys for me are on a different level. The attention to detail, knowledge and man management is special. Appreciate them while you've got them. There's nothing for me or you to add. I just want to take, uh, just want to repeat the, the last couple of lines there and just for people to let it sink in. The attention to detail, knowledge and man management is special. Appreciate them while you've got them. Yeah. Um, it's it's true. I think it's... Uh... It, it, well, yeah, you said it all, and I think there's a lot of people that don't seem to realise the, the good that they do have um, at the moment. Um, we'll uh, we'll probably start to to wrap it up there. I think um, it, it was really interesting to see Johnny Margetts talking about that um, because it was well, it it kind of came out the blue, as you say, and uh, he's he's got a a very he seems to have a very measured head on him, um, unlike certain other strikers who uh, uh, who used to play for us that looked like they went to a ground and started taking the piss out of the training ground and the fans on social media whilst streaming live because not the most sensible thing to do. But um, yeah, I, I, it's a fair comment and I, I hope, I just hope people look at it and go, why are we getting this angry, this vitriolic, this this wound up? We are top of the league. We are two points clear. We have a game in hand that, in my view, is winnable. Um, it might not be the most entertaining game that comes up, but it's it's a winnable game. Just just let it play out. Let the season play out. I, it's if if we don't win the league, that's fine. As long as we finish third, that's my personal opinion on it. I know there's a lot of people that want us to win the league. I want us to win the league. I'm a football fan, but yeah. Let's let's just like Mickey, uh, Michael O'Connor said the other day. Let's just enjoy it while we can, um, because we're not going to have Danny and Nicky forever unless they decide to essentially, well, stick with one club for the rest of the career. But th- they will go at some point. But until they do, let's appreciate it and let's just really look at what they're doing for our club at the minute and and stand back and go, this is really impressive. <laughs> As I said last week, we're top of the league. Let's not. Let's not worry. Let's, uh, anyway, we'll wrap it up. Is there anything else that you want to mention quickly before we do plugs and stuff? No. Cool. <laughs> nice and easy one. My cactus has got some... Uh, looks like it's been eaten by a parasite. Oh, that's a shame. I like my cactus. You know, the one that oh, looks like a penis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it called again? Uh, no, did you, Gainey, did you name the other one. I've got one called Gainey, but the one that looks like a penis I haven't named. Maybe I should call it Marmria. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but anyway, yes, uh, we'll um, we'll wrap it up there. Is there anything you want to plug? Mm, your gaming thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll mention that again because that is this Saturday. Um, if you're not going to Morecambe. Please do uh, tune in to YouTube.com or Twitch TV or Facebook.com forward slash Next Gen Base, all one word. Um, between 10 a.m. on Saturday and 10 a.m. on Sunday, I'm going to drive myself very slowly mad by playing video games for a solid 24 hours to raise money for Special Effect, who are awesome. They are just an amazing charity. Um, I was saying to Gary off air just before we started, we've currently got something like 
about 40 video games to give away throughout the weekend. Um, they range from like small titles to, to big AAA titles. Um, we've got a ton of stuff. We've got headsets, we've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got press kits that you can't actually buy in shops. Um, we've just got loads of stuff that we're giving away. Um, and it's all for anyone that donates a fiver. At the moment, we've got more stuff than we have donations. So, uh, if people chuck a couple of quid in, you know, chuck a fiver in, we will, you will end up with something. It just depends on, on what, uh, what gets drawn out. But, uh, honestly, they're an amazing charity. We're currently just over halfway past our goal and we'd love to be able to hit it. So please, please, please do donate if you have, uh, the link, if you haven't already, sorry, the link is, uh, justgiving.com slash fundraising forward slash NGB game blast. Um, or, uh, come find me at the ground on Tuesday. I will be the one that looks incredibly tired, stood at the top of the co-op stand trying to stay awake. Um, but yes, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we will see you guys uh, next Thursday when we will be talking about more football. Um, it's, uh, it's just a small game in a couple of weeks, isn't it, Gary? What's that? It's Forest Green. No. Oh. Next game's always the most important. I don't look that far ahead. I couldn't tell you where we play a week on Saturday. <laughs> well, as far as green. Um, <laughs> okay, there you go then. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's going to do us, and we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.